to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokono hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines it shines no my light will not just go on hora basaka la mashida bahaya mambro do sagida haya no my light will not just go on it's not enough that you clear you have to be excellent your light no 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 it's, it's not enough that you look before and he has put all the your blessings name them one by one count your blessings see what god has done count your blessings name them one by one and you'll be surprised at what the lord has done sing it again count your blessings name them one by one. count your blessings see what god has done count your blessings name them one by one and you will be shocked at what the lord has done you want to sing it in bemba <clears throat> let's try 1 2 3 go Bende fintu fionse fi suma Bende fiabu pewa kwa lesa Penda kale Penda na nomba Mune ule tasha pantu fia Time. Be in the fin to fiance fee. 
the other guy was looking too serious. You are allowed to look at anyone. Guys, tell your brother, boy, you let Dasha. Boy, you let Dasha. Bantufia. Bambi Shua, I will That's how the song finishes. Praise God. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. And I used to know these songs in Bemba. Mukuchula monse umo usanga. Shani, 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 mukupelelua. Bola ululimbo ulo usuma. I knew these songs word for word. But because of today's message, you are going to see that a few things begin to change. Okay? Very uh, important message. So we've been looking at a message we have termed a more excellent way, right? Are you ready to learn some stuff on the more excellent way? How, how has the message for last week impacted you as an individual? Now some of you are even looking nice. As in you don't need Valentine's to be happy. My singles won't say put any glory. <laughs> oh, wow. So, you don't need Valentine's to be happy. And um, some people were saying, after all, some people got heartbreaks. But the Bible says the expectation of the just shall not be cut short. So, if people's expectations were cut short. Maybe we should interrogate Valentine's. It should it be the expectation of the just. Praise God. Somebody was telling their friend that I'll be attending men's conference so I'll not be around during Valentine's. And I saw her give him the most beautiful answer. No, you'll find me waiting for me you when you come back. Now, um, Praise God. I would like to welcome everybody and everybody that's uh, worshiping with us for the first time. You are very welcome. Okay? We're going to have a very good time in the presence of God. And you're going to love it. Amen. Are are you ready to begin? It's important to acknowledge everybody who made it for the prayer meeting yesterday, the things that are happening in our country and in our lives that need attention in prayer. Remember that I told you that this year is going to be marked by distractions. A lot of things are going to be happening that will be so destructive. Some of them will cause fear. But the Bible says, they that know they are God shall work strong and shall do mighty exploits. So it's a defining moment for our country, but it is also a reflection of the prophetic word 
which I gave, that there's going to be a lot of destruction. It's not one of the most exciting prophecies to give, but when you see it, there's nothing you can do. And so we have to constantly stand in prayer. And this week we are going to have a prayer chain. Okay? We are going to have a prayer chain. I feel like, I feel like you should all pick a day you are going to fast. Okay? Just for the nation, just for Love Sunday, we are all fasting. Okay? Um, the amen sound a little weaker. Amen. But Jesus is still Lord. You will fast from 24 hours to 15 hours. Okay? And we will send prayer points. It is the responsibility of the church to pray. Are you listening to me? Um, when you read the Bible, you will find that there are certain things, and, and, and I'm, I'm beginning the sermon like this, there are certain things we've been exposed to as we have grown up in the faith that, um, that we've been exposed to in the faith that have required a little bit of change because we have noticed that when we do certain things, we get certain results. And we don't do certain things, we get certain results. I'll repeat that. We've noticed that when we do certain things, we get certain results. And when we don't do certain things, we get certain results. At the end of the day, whatever you do and whatever you don't know, there's a result that's going to come. So therefore, you have to take an action. But you're not just going to take any other action. You're going to take an action that is going to give you a desired result. Are you listening to me? When you read the book of Acts, we learn, as I have taught you before, that there was a time when Herod was having fun persecuting the church because it was giving him political popularity. So he got James, okay? James was an elder. He wrote the book of James. He was an amazing man of God. So they got him, and they killed him by the sword, okay? They killed him. Now, I can imagine, obviously, the church was just thinking, ah, it's a James. You obviously just do like this, then they'll fall. But they got him, and they killed him. And they were amazed. I'm sure some of them were thinking he will come back from the dead. But the man was gone. Okay? And as they were wondering what happened where God was, they also took Peter. So you can imagine they were going to lose two generals consecutively. So the Bible says the church woke up and they began to pray. Right? So they began to pray. The Bible says they prayed strenuously. They prayed so much they didn't even believe in their prayers. Because when they got the answer they wanted, they thought it was just a joke. So a time has to come when the church has to pray desperately. But you see, if we had learned certain things, or if the church had learned certain things at that time, I believe it was not necessary to have lost James. Some people ask, why was James killed in the same prison that Peter escaped? And there are different answers. Some people say because maybe uh, Peter had like a bigger assignment. Some people say because maybe God favored Peter more. But James was just as equal as important. And his writings form part of the canon of the scriptures, inspired of the Holy Spirit. So he had a pivotal role to play in the New Testament. You can imagine the amount of revelation of the word of God as it was coming at the time it was in its inception. You can imagine the amount they missed out on because they missed out on a man of God. Okay, so it was the church that suffered, not James. There's a reason why the man of God is your gift, not necessarily you, his gift. Okay? We all have our gifts, but understand it in its, in its context. I also have a man of God who is my gift. And I have my own responsibility towards him. Okay? So now, you, 
you realize that they prayed for Peter. And the Bible teaches us in James 5.16 that the prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So there is divine methodology that has been revealed to us that when we engage in it, we get certain results. So when the Bible says the prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, amplified, dynamic in its working, James 5.16, the true, the, the opposite is equally true. The prayerlessness of a righteous man makes tremendous weakness available. Sometimes this is why you understand what people mean when they say a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. So the power that we have received in the faith is not something that we only, um, the privilege and authority we've, we've, we've received in Jesus Christ is not something that comes by prayer. It is something that comes in birth. When we are born again, we receive power and that privilege to cause change. But then the place of prayer is one of those places where we exercise and execute that authority and change things. So if you're not using what you have, it's like somebody is coming with you with a zazamina stick and they want to whip you and you've got a gun and you're just saying, oh, I'm so afraid. Please stop those. But you have the weaponry, but you're not using it in prayer. There's a lot of times when I've only seen things change because I prayed. There are times I've regretted because I did not pray. So you find the difference is because when the church prayed, um, they released power for Peter to be saved. But when the church did not pray, they allowed evil to prevail. This is why one man said, evil prevails when good men keep quiet. So don't keep quiet. So we learned by revelation that we could have saved James except we did not pray. There are times when bad things happen, not because God is bad, but because we did not use the authority he gave us. We were waiting on God, but God was waiting on us. And that's very important. We must understand the place of our responsibility. Don't just say, maybe it was meant to be. What if it wasn't? Some people use this excuse to run away from responsibility and to fill up for their ignorance. They say, maybe it happened for a reason. Oh, yeah, for the reason so that you cry. But not everything happens for a... When we say everything happens for a reason, that's true, but that's too much of a blank check. Meaning anything can happen to harm you. That's also a reason. It's not just an issue of everything happens for a reason so that you rest, but come, let's think together. What reason? It's like sometimes you need to ask people when you tell, they tell you your breakfast is around the corner, tell them, take me to the corner. So there are some things we must not just expect and just think about, but we must interrogate them and have an understanding because the Bible says they shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That means they have their godliness, but they also have the accuracy of the understanding of the stuff they are doing. So they just, they don't work by trial and error, but they work by understanding, and that's you. Amen. Amen. Say, that's me. That's me. So we understand now by revelation. We understand by reading the word of God that we just can't, for example, I just can't leave a service to intercessors. I just won't pray because I know some intercessors will pray or some saint is praying somewhere in their room. That's too risky. 
I can't do that. I must pray in my home. I pray for this service nearly every day, sometimes the whole week. This kind of experience you people have here is not a result of just this prayer that's invested in, this, in, in these meetings. This is spiritual stuff we are dealing with. It's not just a meeting you hold somewhere, a Chongololo meeting somewhere in, in Chaminuka Lodge or something. This is spiritual stuff. We are dealing with the souls and lives of men. We just don't wake up and do things. We understand by maturity that we have to create a platform for people to grow. Praise God. Sometimes by the grace of God, there's a place, the Bible says, I think it's Acts 17, in the days of ignorance, God winked. But now he comes, everyone, he demands that everyone comes to the truth. Sometimes there's a place where God extends his grace that even in our ignorance, we get away with certain things. Okay? So here is me just leading a certain sister to Christ. And she says, you know, I really want to join the faith, but if I don't get the job that I want to get, then I will leave because I think God has always been forsaking me. Meanwhile, I know that God is beyond a job. With or without a job, God is God. But then she's experiencing a phase of ignorance. So I pray, and the sister gets a job immediately. That's a phase of ignorance, and God is ignoring it. There are things that babies can get away with that adults must not get away with. Even in the faith, it's the same. When you were young, you tell your mother, if you're not going to bath me, I'll not eat so that it hurts you. But this time, you can stay dirty all you want. You'll just be the one smelling. Are you following me? But if a baby says, I'll not bath, you will even start saying, oh, but you are a good girl. You need to bath. And then the girl feels sorry for you and bats. And you're like, good, 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 good girl. You are a good girl. But Nemi Akafulu much for woman to 20 years old. Whatever to the papa today, you can't stand them quiet. You can't fall off in Africa. It's the same thing as we begin to develop in the faith. Maturity is the spelling for responsibility. It requires maturity to be responsible. And, and, and I know that I'm growing and I'm grooming a church that understands responsibility. And maturity has got nothing to do with age. I believe I'm developing a people that understand responsibility. You just can't walk out of the church and expect the pastor to put the benches for you after preaching to you. I know you are not that type. So you have to begin understanding responsibility. Unless we tell you, if you don't give, you will not be blessed. 
please give, then the Lord will bless you. If you don't understand the responsibility that people will need money to move from one place to the other, and we will need to use money to buy those lamps and more light and to buy linen, if we just tell you that, you won't do it unless we tell you, if you give, you'll be blessed. Now, giving must be an expression of your faith in the principles of God. Giving must be an expression of your love for God, not an investment. That's why some people become spiritual businessmen. If there's nothing to transact with God, she city passer. Somebody left their church because they said, ah, me, I felt like they demand giving a lot. They love money. Then I realized, no, it's not the love, the love for money that they left the church. It's their hatred for giving. Praise God. So maturity teaches you responsibility. Even prayer is a responsibility. Prayer is not a gift. No one has a gift of prayer. That's why I was so impressed when a lot of you came for prayer meeting at short notice. Clap for yourselves. Short notice. I announced like on Friday, right? That we are going to have an emergency prayer meeting and you showed up. I am so proud of you because I realize these people understand the responsibility we have as a church. They are not waiting for some big church somewhere or some bigger church somewhere. No, they, we are the church in DC. We are the ones God has called to do this stuff. Are you listening to me? And you showed up in your numbers. I was so blessed. I was so blessed. Let me show you something. Acts. Okay, first let's read the book of Acts, then I'll read um, I'll read the book of Acts and then I'll go to the book of Psalm, Psalms. Acts chapter number 18, verse 24. I'm reading from the KJV. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Are you listening to that? He only knew the baptism of John, but he was eloquent. But his knowledge could only go as far as the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogues. Whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Somebody say more perfectly. perfectly. In other words, more excellently. So, here is a man who has an understanding of the scriptures to a certain extent. But then he meets people, man of God, God of God, with the calling of God on his life. But then his knowledge and his wisdom only goes to a certain extent. We have a lot of people who are actually called of God, but they don't know the way of God more excellently. They don't know it more perfectly. That means you can know the way of God to a certain extent. But then you come to a place where you begin knowing God more perfectly. 
and he became this man became a great man of God because you read consistently Paul even writing about him. You are saying that I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, you know, because he had become a great man that some mentees would literally live and go to him. But he was still a great man, and yet he had not yet known the way of God more perfectly. But Paul's mentees, Priscilla and Aquila, are the ones who called him and started explaining the way of the Lord more perfectly. And they taught him the baptism of the Spirit. And imagine this man received the baptism of the Spirit. Oh boy. Listen to what the Bible says of him. And when he was disposed to pass in Achaia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews. So he was not just a guy who would speak anyhow. Mightily would convince. The Bible says of Paul that he would persuasively argue. Meaning Paul was, was a genius. And he would persuade people. But this man, he mightily convinced. Meaning it was not just persuasion. <laughs> he went deeper. It, it was that thing where after one sermon, everybody stops being a... Pharisees would drop their things. And they say, oh, no, I think... Ah, he had a point, you know, because he would mightily convince. The word is mightily. He just never convinced mightily. Why? Because the way of the Lord was perfectly and more excellently explained to him. And when you come to a place, like you attend meetings like this, and the word of God is explained to you more accurately, or as a believer, you begin growing in the spirit, and you begin exposing yourself to the right word of God, to the accurate doctrine, and to the revelation of the spirit, when it begins to illuminate your heart, you come to a place where you understand it more accurately. And when you understand it more accurately, you'll be like Priscilla and Aquila. When you listen to people, you will know what they are lacking. It's not being judgmental. When a person is lacking, they are lacking. When you see a person who's malnourished, you're not being judgmental, they are malnourished. Sometimes you can listen to a person who is ignorant and you know you're not being proud. This guy is ignorant. Kai, it's a he. <laughs> you can know. You can know. But they took him aside, meaning they were very well trained. They didn't say, eh, Mr. Polos. Actually, you quoted the wrong scripture there. No, 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 no. The Bible says they took him aside and they invited him into their home, you know? And they said, we are so blessed by what you are preaching. But we don't know if you've ever read about the Lord Jesus. If you remember Isaiah did it, they explained to him and they told him the Holy Spirit actually came. This is what Joel was talking about. Then they showed him and then he caught it. But because he was already caught, something greater came on him. There are people here that when we expose them consistently to the word of God correctly, they'll become the mightiest things we've ever seen on this earth. And that is why we are here. Are you listening to me? We are supposed to make you people who mightily do things. Say, that's me. And so, I'm trying to bring you to a place where you begin understanding the word of God more excellently. The way that God designed the faith is very interesting. God designed the faith in a very wise way. When I read the Bible, I discover that there are certain scriptures and certain places which fit you to the level of your faith. For as long as it gets you climbing one ladder to the next, it's okay. 
But the fact that you are on the first or second place of the ladder doesn't mean you have arrived. You keep getting to a more excellent place. So there are certain things we know and they are helpful at a certain place. But then there's a place where you have to grow up. You can't talk the same way that a baby Christian talks. You can't think the same way that a baby Christian thinks always. There's growth that comes. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child and reasoned like a child. That's a child indeed. Because a child first speaks, then he reasons, then he thinks. But then he says, now that I've become a man, I've put childish things aside. So you now reason, then you think, and then you speak. So processes begin to change the more you mature. You don't talk anyhow because you have learned the more excellent way. Even when it comes to songs, there are some songs you will sing, but then there are some songs when you listen, you pause. Because at some place, it doesn't agree with what you read in the word of God. Yet somebody will fall on their knees, sing that same song, get slain. But for you, your truth has been sharpened. And the more truth you get exposed to, the mightier you become. The Bible says, they that know their God. It's in Daniel 11, it says, they that know their God shall work strong and they shall do mighty exploits. They that know their God, those who, those who do wickedly against the covenant shall, shall he corrupt with flatter. But the people who know their God shall be strong and shall carry out great exploits. Have you noticed that that knowledge thing and the mighty or great thing is also coinciding again? How many want to be mighty here? The accuracy of your knowledge is important. When you read the Septuagint, the word know there is not the word genosis. Okay? The Septuagint, I've always told you, is the Greek rendering of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew, but there is a Greek rendering of the Old Testament. And I understand Greek better than Hebrew because Greek is a bit more prolific in its, um, in, in its vocabulary than Hebrew. Hebrew is a, is, it has got very small, little things uh, compared to. So when we talk about knowledge, in the Greek, it's got different dimensions. There's genosis, and genosis is scientific knowledge, okay? It's scientific knowledge, general knowledge. Um, the knowledge you get from knowing and observing things and from experience, okay? But when the word know there that is used is the word genosko. That's different. When we talk about genosko, we are talking about knowledge that you get by believing in God. So it's not talking about scientists there. It's talking about believers. They that genosko, they are God. It's not everybody knows about God. Even Muslims have heard, Hindus have heard about Jesus. That scientific knowledge, it came to you via the internet. And that could be good to some extent. But that's the knowledge that comes as a result of revelation. So you know God from your spirit, not from your head. Say, I am knowing God. God. They that know their God. It's a kind of wisdom that cannot enter into the hearts of scientists. Because you have to be born again first in order to know God. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 11, those that come to God must first believe that he exists, not know that he exists. So that dimension of knowledge comes from faith, not from discovery. This is why the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 3, by faith we understand. It's not an understanding that comes through research. It's an understanding that comes by faith. By faith we know, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith we know that a 30-year-old man walked on water. I told you last time, bring four physics professors and tell them a 30-year-old man who was a a mechanic and a carpenter, so he was probably buff, walked on water, walked on water on a sea. Look at the density of water. Not even, no amount of viscosity can hold a man who's 30 years old walking on water. But he walked on water. There's no calculation which is going to fit the equation. It's not possible. So they can't believe it. Why? Because they are working with their minds. That's the kind of knowledge that only comes because the revelation of the Spirit has hit your heart. And you believe that. It doesn't come by discovery, like I said. It comes by faith. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. How that in one instance, a virgin in the days where there was no artificial insemination got pregnant. It doesn't make sense. And whilst they are arguing, the pregnancy of a virgin, you show them another scripture where a woman who was over 90 still got pregnant. Same God. It's not anything that science can explain. Those that know they are God. That know they are God. Not those know they are God. And it's in places like this where you are knowing your God. Hallelujah. It's higher. It's special knowledge. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament or the heavens. So some people will shine like the brightness of the heavens because of their wisdom. Praise God. But then it says, and they that turn many to righteousness shall shine like the stars. The sun is just one of the stars. Because even the stars are in different glories depending on the energy they work with. But then, the stars are brighter than the heavens because the brightness of the heavens is dependent on the brightness of the stars. So that means the guys who are leading many to to righteousness we are also responsible for those that we are wise. Because where could they have gotten their wisdom except somebody who was a star illuminated it on them? No wonder they will shine brighter. Say, I'm leading many to righteousness. Verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the books even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. 
So in the end, knowledge shall increase. Now, like I told you, I believe this is one of the most powerful prophecies that ever happened. It says, in the last days, knowledge shall increase. Knowledge shall increase. Say, knowledge shall increase. When you look at how knowledge began to increase and how it has been increasing from the time that the prophetic words were given, you notice that it's actually true. I'll begin from what we call the Renaissance or the rebirth, where there was a lot of cultural, artistic, and scientific innovations from the Middle Ages, the medieval times, we began getting into technology, we began getting into philosophy. The understanding of things began to increase. And we've got a number of people who came about with amazing discoveries. Talk about Leonardo da Vinci. Some of you may have heard of him. Um, he's the one who was responsible for the discovery of a number of things. Uh, he started, he's the one who started basically theories and principles upon which aerodynamics have been built. He was the first person to build what was known as the flying machine. He believed that things could fly when he was observing the skies. And it looked funny. He was also uh, one of the people who were the first people to discover, to, to begin robots. He created something that looks like uh, a robot that could, using mechanisms within, could move from one place to the other on its own. And most of the times, he hid most of his discoveries because people thought it was witchcraft. It was a bit strange. Talk about people like Galileo Galileo, I'm sure, but he's not the, he was not the first person who made these discoveries. He built on other people, but then he invented the telescope, and he was against the Catholic dogma because the Catholic dogma did not agree with him. He's one of the people who said that the earth, in fact, revolves on its axis around the sun. And then he says um, one of the evidences is what happens to the tides. Because as the earth is moving, or when you get a globe, or when you get a cup, and then you are turning it, obviously when there's water inside, it's going to be shaking. So he says, no, it's not the sun that moves around the earth. Instead, the, the earth moves around the sun. And he began to observe certain things. He observed certain planets ahead, like he observed Jupiter and its moons. He also observed the rings around the planet. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it Neptune or Saturn? So he made all those discoveries, but, and the Catholics were against him. So they told him to stay away, and he couldn't. But they got him again, and they put him in prison in his death. Interestingly, the time that Galileo Galileo died was the, the same year that he died. Isaac Newton was born. Knowledge was increasing. I'm sure you know by now. I'm sure you know by now. Praise God. I, I, I thought there was something. Okay. I'm sure... I'm sure you know by now the discoveries that Isaac Newton had made. He was sitting under an apple tree one time, and then um, as an apple fell on him, he wondered why it didn't fall up, but it fell down. That's obviously different from uh, our typical African brothers and sisters uh, who, who would say, Back to sender! And forget that God is trying to show them the discoveries, trying to make them discover gravity, okay? Um, they were... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So he discovered laws of gravity, and he wrote endlessly about physics and, and, and many other things. You talk about many more people that are 
apart from the scientific world, they began to discover certain things and they began to give us uh, philosophies that helped shape our political ideologies. Talk about people like Thomas Hobbes. Thomas Hobbes was the one who was responsible for the theory of the social contract. Now, the social contract, just uh, contract, speedily speaking, is the theory that stipulates that when we have a lot of people existing in one place, we are going to choose people who are going to govern us. And when we choose people who are going to govern us, we are going to get into a contract. And in this contract, we are going to give them some of our rights in exchange for their protection. So this is why we have governments. The whole theory is so that the government can protect us and we give them rights to rule over us. Whether that's happening or not happening is not part of the question, but that was uh, the stuff. This is what eventually also uh, began to birth more ideologies like democracy that we have today, people for the people, by the people of the people, which is not the kingdom because the kingdom is ruled by God. And it's ruled by principles and not human rights. Amen. Amen. And you are in a kingdom. God is also not a dictator. He's a king. There's a difference. All right. And so we have all these discoveries that are coming up. You can imagine uh, people who, like Alexander Bell, who discovered the phone, the telephone. And he's the one who was responsible for the beginning of the telephone at around, uh, about age 20. You, know. you can call a person who is in... In, in Chimenarwa for whilst you are here, you can call a person and actually conversate. Yesterday, I was having a, a conversation with someone in London. And the other time, I was having a conversation with someone on the UK, in the UK. And we are just WhatsApping instantly. We can even be uh, one hour or some hours apart. But we are having a simple conversation. But it could never be dreamt of in the past. And Paul would cry because he would long to see the brothers. But he couldn't. He cried because he knew it was the last time he was seeing them in the book of Acts chapter number, number 20 when he was talking to the uh, elders at Ephesus. He was crying because he knew this is the last time that I'm going to see these people. You can imagine the joy that the doctors had when they discovered they don't have to cut a person's face. They can actually use an x-ray. They look at you before they make a decision. It made medicine easier. Instead of you first being cut so that they observe anything is wrong, and then they work on you, or they say, actually, there's nothing wrong. They, op they opened your heart, you know. In the last days, knowledge shall increase. You can imagine there's many more things that were discovered. The discovery of a car. Imagine how easier we can now move. At first, when the Bible says, and it's interesting, the Bible says, and I saw an error that a king was walking on foot whilst a slave was on a horseback. And the horse was a serious thing, man. If a person has a horse, they've got like a Rolls Royce or something. You know what I'm talking about? Like they are happening, you know? Even, even the way they understood things so that they could communicate them in scripture. They couldn't use technological means. But these days, if you have a horse at your house, <laughs> you are a bit creepy, sir. <laughs> People will start wondering, why don't you just get a car or something? You, you get my point. People can now get in aeroplanes. See? So life has, become, life has become better. You can imagine how they used to keep things in very memories, in very big things. But then you can find 450 gig. You can find one gig. You can find a lot of memory can be kept on a very small microchip. But that memory is so much that even your brain cannot contain it at once. You have to constantly start going through for sometimes even months just going through. But you can stay on a very small microchip. 
in the last days knowledge shall increase so the prophetic word is coming to it's powerful what knowledge has been able to do somebody said during valentines they got a 450 gig microchip and they sent to their wife as a valentines gift because it's memories that matter you know so anyways praise god but then these changes were, were not only happening in the scientific world. There were amazing people who sometimes were thought of as gods because of how they were able to just do art. Okay, especially in Italy. This is where you have been a Michelangelo, I mean, Machiavelli, and all these people who would draw. You know, one of these guys, a pope asked him to draw a picture of angels in the, uh, in the, in the, in the chapel. And when he drew <clears throat> a picture of the angels, when they went in first, they ran away because they looked like real angels. Those were not gifts that were there before. It looked like an actual person. Remember that guy who carved a very beautiful angel from just a tree that was there? Then when they asked him, how was he able to do it? He said, I saw an angel trapped inside, so I decided to remove her. Or, or, or to remove the angel, you know. So these people became very good at what they were doing. It was never seen before. In the last days, knowledge shall increase. But then even in the faith, a number of things were happening, okay? The knowledge of the word of God and the word of God was accurately being understood, and it also applied to this scripture. In fact, this scripture is only representative of what was going to happen in the spirit, but because it came out generally, we begin seeing also science and technology and culture and art also beginning to increase. It is also beginning to expand. But then, although we mostly look at what's happening in science and technology and cultures and all those things that are taking place, the social dynamics and the scientific dynamics, all those are just a representation and a message of what's actually happening in the spirit. That means even in the realm of the spirit, it's getting better. There was a certain point when there was, um, uh, there were, the, the, the Bible, the people were not allowed to interpret the Bible from Hebrew and Greek into English. And at that point, the Catholics believed that only the priests were qualified to interpret the word of God. And they could not allow anyone to interpret it from one language to the other except the priests. Okay? But then there were certain people that God began to raise in that generation. In the last days, knowledge shall increase. And one of them was a man named Desiderius Erasmus. He was one of the people who organized the Bible from Latin and Hebrew in Latin and Hebrew and Greek and, and he organized it very well but he did not interpret it to English because English was becoming popular and he didn't want to get in trouble with the Catholics but then there was William Tyndale who have so often talked about he began to interpret the Bible from Hebrew and Greek into English he did not even finish it they killed him because they think he's not worthy of existence he's like a dog Oh, you read about it, that's the kind of language that they used against him. And they called him to renounce his beliefs. He said no. And they ripped off his arms. They said, renounce your beliefs. They said no. They sent him into very cold places to stay there without food or water. But he kept interpreting and writing down with his pen. Even with the last drop of his life, he was just writing down, interpreting it, interpreting it. And when they were about to burn him to the stake, they asked him, 
Can you recant and renounce your faith and stop what you're doing? He said, never. So they went and began to burn him. And he prayed one prayer and he said, Lord, make the king of England aware of this stuff. And he prayed for change. And suddenly the king of England was no longer interested in all the politics and decided, let's print this same Bible in English. His name was King James. That's how come we had the first King James version. Okay. And so in the last days, knowledge shall increase. So we are seeing people now able to read the Bible when it was just hidden in the dark ages. But then we are seeing that people have got access to the word of God and they can read it and they can understand it. Even the knowledge of the scriptures is beginning to increase. Some time ago, people used to think everything bad that happens is of God. That's why in law, law is a very odd profession, very odd. Not odd in terms of it's just odd. It's odd and odd-fashioned to some extent. Because there's a principle I told you last time in law called force majeure. You'll find it especially in contracts. There's a clause called force majeure. And how you interpret force majeure is anything that happens that was not expected to happen as part of the agreement. If it happens not with the involvement of either party, then none of the parties will be responsible for breach. Let me explain. So that means if I had an agreement with uh, Sister Choa to bring chairs for this meeting and I'm going to have a lot of people come for this meeting and then before she was supposed to bring at 12 hours sharp because all my guests would be in. But then at 12 hours sharp, she was not there. Why? Because there was so much rain. It was raining cats and dogs. So it means she should not pay for breaching that contract because of the force majeure. And that force majeure is interpretedly called the an act of God. So they believed everything bad that happens and everything natural that happens was an act of God. People would say when it doesn't rain, it's an act of God. When somebody dies and they are young, they would say only God knows. Because everything was an act of God. But if God has got every... Listen to this dangerous statement. If God has got everything in control, then he's got everything out of control. Many things. If God has got everything under control, then he doesn't have control over many things because many things are out of control. But that makes God a controlless God. But that's not who he is because God is a God of order. That's what the Bible tells us. Okay? In the last days, knowledge shall increase. Even in the faith, it is like that. There are certain places we begin to get to. And there is no way in this day and age you are going to proudly begin using a 3310. Because there are better things that have come. Even Blackberry is out. I'm sure you noticed the funerals that were had. had. There were all these funny memes about the Motorola being on the side and, you know, they made all these funny caricatures of the Motorola being by the side and all these other phones, and they dug a pit, and they threw it Blackberry, and they were paying their last respect. <clears throat> you know? As if Motorola was going to last. <laughs> but Motorola was purchased by Google. I think it was about, um, is it 12.6 billion US dollars, or something like that. It was one of the greatest purchases they've ever made. By the way, Google is no longer Google. Um, it is just a subsidiary under Alphabet, the larger motherboard. So you, you read about those things like uh, Brother Flavian was encouraging us. So it's just a subsidiary of the, of the bigger body. But that's not the point. In the last days, knowledge shall increase. So even my knowledge is increasing. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So I, I'm about to make a point. Please uh, stay with me. Stay with me. Tell your neighbor, stay with him. 
Okay. Let's make it really easy now. It will make a lot of sense. I want you to look at something. Okay. I want you to look at a number of scriptures. When you start out in the faith, I don't know which one to start with, so I'll think I'm talking, the first one will come. (laughs) Because sometimes when I'm talking, there's a lot that's coming in my mind. Now, when you begin out in the faith, there are certain things you know and certain things you don't know, right? And you're only as powerful as your level of knowledge. And you're only as weak as the level of your ignorance. Okay? That's important for you to note. Let me give you an example. It's getting better now. It's getting better. Tell your neighbor it's getting better. better. Are you sure it's getting better? Things are getting better. When you read scriptures like, okay, so we're going to look at Psalm chapter 119 verse 5, but I would rather first we begin with um, Psalm 119 verse 67. Okay, are you there? It's better off if you are reading because I may cruise. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Okay? It looks like it's a bit too this side. Are you able to see that side? Sorry? It is well. I'll be reading for you. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Pride goes before the fall. In the same way, Affliction goes after going astray. I was arranging words in my head. So, he says, before I went astray, I was afflicted, right? And then he says, but now I keep your word. (laughs) It gets interesting, okay? So he makes a very important discovery. Now, let me show you something. Go on. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Go on. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts within my my whole heart. Go on. Lovely things. He's doing fine. He's doing fine. So far, he's doing fine. Okay? Their hearts, their heart is as fat as grease, (laughs) but I delight in your law. He's doing fine. Until he reached this point. See, when you are reading the Bible, you should know what is for you. You should also know know what is for your lessons. There's a difference. All scriptures are inspired for your learning, but not all scriptures are inspired for your actions. Because in the Bible, even Satan was talking. So, there are certain things that are written directly to you. Then there are some things which apply more to the Jews. If there's no revelation, don't go do it. Then there are certain scriptures that are written straight to you. So you have to know scriptural interpretation. Very key. 
This guy says, before I went astray, I was afflicted. But now, oh Lord, I keep your word. Why did you go astray? Because he stopped keeping the, the word of God. There are many afflictions that only come because somebody did not keep the word of God. And when I talk about affliction that come because you did not keep the word of God, I'm not talking about you went to sleep out and you got infected. That could, that's part of it. But it goes deeper. There are other things that you may overlook which are in the word of God and if you don't do them, you'll be afflicted. You just can't talk anyhow and expect not to be afflicted. You just can't confess anything. There are certain things you don't do. Because you'll be attracting affliction, you are stepping outside the word of God. Now, I'll get to that. Look at this. He says, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. I said, there's a more excellent way. This guy has made a conclusion to say, had I not been afflicted, I would have not learned the word of God. So he says, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I may learn the word of God. Now, without judging him, I'll say this. You don't have to be afflicted to learn the word of God. You don't have to go through pain to learn a lesson. He is wrong. By saying, okay, maybe wrong is too, is too strong. He is not living in a more excellent way by saying, I, ha- I only learned by going through pain. Do you have to experience pain to learn? There's a more perfect way. It's good. God loves it that after the slaps, you've picked your lessons. But then there's another breed of people. When we were young, there were children who used to listen with the skin. Bonfina and Kanda. Ah, no, the way I was beaten, fire is bad. But then there are also those children who just hear when their parents say fire is bad and they stay away from it. It's good that after that child got bent, he learned that fire is bad. But it's even more excellent that that child never got bent, he just heard that fire is bad. There is a more excellent way. The more you read the Bible, the more your understanding of excellence in the scripture begins to increase. You can't say that everything that happens, it is God who causes them. You must know what to expect from God. And if you look at God as the source of your problem, you cease to look for a solution from him. If you are convinced that this headache, it was God who brought it to me so that I may learn a lesson. Listen, God does not give people sicknesses so that they may learn a lesson. See, knowledge like this puts you in a place to fight. Because if you think maybe it is God who gave me, you will think you are fighting God when you are resisting. So you are so disobedient by taking that medicine and drinking it. Because it's God who gave you. Sickness does not come from God. Sickness is not the will of God. Listen. Not even people, yes, people get sick. People get infected. It's not the will of God. Don't say it was the will of God. Because it will stop you from fighting and receiving your healing. 
The Bible says in Acts, Acts, Acts 4, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. There's no one Jesus Christ ever reached at and said, mm. He healed everyone. He never stopped at anyone. Because if he did, then we would have known that that's a sickness from God. But he healed everyone. Have you, have you heard that Jesus Christ healed all their sick? He sent his word and healed all their disease. That's what the Bible says. Sickness is not from God. That's why we seek healing. There was one woman who was sick and she believed God gave her the sickness. So she went to this man of God. Man of God, I believe God gave me this sickness so that I may learn a lesson. The man of God said, let's pray so that I may be humble. Let's pray that God increases the sickness so that you may be more humble. Because God gives grace to those who are humble. Then the woman said, no, have had enough. Somebody said, I don't want the things that, <laughs> and I don't want the things that don't kill me but make me strong. You know how people always talk and they say, <laughs> they say whatever doesn't kill you makes you strong. So every time you see something that does not kill you but makes you strong, you don't want <laughs> So this guy was crying, I don't want things that don't kill me, but make me strong. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. Not even healing was God's original plan. Not even health. Life. The Bible does not say that he who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting health. All those things are in place. I'm giving you revelation. There would have been no need for healing if somebody was not sick. Why are you going to heal someone when they are healthy? So when somebody is healed, then now they are healthy. But then there's another level called life. John 10, 10. The thief comes to? But I am come so that they may? Those are dimensions of well-being. There's healing. Then there's health. Then there's life. There's nowhere where the Bible says he came to give us uh, uh, health. No. Jesus brought healing because there was sickness. But then he brought something greater when you read the New Testament. He brought us life. And not just life, but life in abundance. So don't just be excited because you were healed. Don't just be excited because you are healthy. No. Know that in your spirit there is life. There is life in your spirit. And this life is called everlasting I told you last time there's a difference concept, conceptually between eternal life and everlasting life. Okay? Now, I'm not saying it's wrong when the Bible says we'll have eternal life. But I'm saying conceptualize it like this. Everyone will live eternally because you are all born of God. At some point, everyone will have to live eternally. But there's some people who will live eternally in the left side. And there's some people who are going to live eternally with God. So eternity is not the issue. It's the quality of the eternity. That's why the, 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 the best rendering is a version that says everlasting life. Because when we say this commodity is more lasting than the other one, then we are talking about the quality. 
So there is a quality of life, a quality of well-being that's not just very good, but is also eternal that God came to give us. Hallelujah. Say, I have life in my spirit. I have the life of God in my blood. I've got the life of God in my life. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, if he who raised Jesus, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he shall revitalize your mortal bodies, not your spirits. No, 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 no. He's talking about your mortal bodies. Your mortal body. Imagine you live in the same body with the Holy Spirit. I refuse to be sick. I refuse to just be healed. I'm living in life. And as you are speaking in tongues, you are accessing a more excellent way. You are going to the more excellent place of life. I refuse to be sick. I am one with God. The Bible says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. The same blood that runs in Jesus' veins runs in me. If no sickness can be found therein, it can't be found in mine. Shout hallelujah. Hey. It's a quality of life. Let me conclude by showing you this. No. For today. You have to understand that whatever the word of God says is what goes for you. Why? Because you were you were born of it. That's your source. Look at this. Go to 1 Peter. Oh my goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. When you read, I'll begin so that I lay a foundation. When we read, you know, there are people who make it look like life is about struggles. I was listening to a certain, there's a certain daughter of mine in the faith who began showing me I saw something she posted about this, you know, person who was talking about how they went through a lot of hell because the devil is moving about. And uh, what happened was, you know, some things I cannot disclose, but there was a lot of temptation. There was a lot of falling. There was a child involved. They got back into ministry, but the devil was against them. So they went back to their ex, you know, so uh, the temptations were strong. And, 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 you know, the lesson is that the devil is really powerful. So you always have to be discerning and you always have to be on point with the word of God. And, you know, the lessons are true. But then there's a more excellent way. When I look at the Bible, what I remember is that the guy is under my feet. You know, when God was creating the universe, he said he created the moon and he also created the sun. The sun was a greater light. The moon was a lesser light. And he said of the lesser light, the lesser light shall rule the night. And he says of the greater light, the sun, that it shall rule the day. Now, revelationally speaking, our light is at different levels. There are people who are indeed light, but they rule over the night. Like the moon. No matter how much the moon shines, the darkness will still be around. So you will see that today the moon has risen, but there will still be darkness around. Why? Because the moon only rules over the night. So you find there are believers who are always only just fighting poverty. They are always just fighting the evil one. And they are overcoming, but the darkness is not living. Because they are ruling over the night. They are ruling over the night. They are constantly ruling over. What happened? 
Why are you constantly ruling over the night? Why is your testimony always that it was bad, it was bad, it was bad, it was bad? Why can't your testimony one day be, I walked into that place, and as I just stood there, a demon manifested, and I told the care, hey! I told the caretakers, don't worry, I got this. And I just said, because I remember the scripture which said, in one way, they cast the thing out. I said, out! And the woman stood up and looked fatter than before. It can get better, children of God. You can't be constantly ruling over, over darkness. Constantly ruling over darkness. And sometimes the reason why people constantly rule over darkness is because they've not said enough is enough. A time comes, brothers and sisters, when somebody has to stand up and say enough is enough. I'm not going to be fighting with this God-forsaken spirit. I'm not going to be fighting with this habit constantly. I'm not going to fight this sickness. I'm not going to fail again. I'm not going to be ruling over darkness. There's a place where you say enough is enough. And you stand your feet and using the word of God, you roar like a lion and things begin to change. The Bible says to resist the enemy and you flee. I don't take lightly the attacks of the enemy. If I catch it, it will pay. You don't try me. You don't. I'll find you. Because you see, I know, I know who I am. I know what God has done for me. There was a point when I was afraid. I was afraid of the night. I was afraid of fear. But I discovered in the word of God that there's a more excellent way. And whenever something would come, I'd say, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know how you're trying to wake up that you still can't breathe. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Sleep paralysis. (laughs) You know? And you comfort yourself by reading science and what science tells you is no, it's just when the hormone that's responsible for relaxing your muscles has been over-released, then you have now woken up and then it's still there. But meanwhile, <laughs> you have to learn your authority in Christ Jesus. No. There was, I was afraid. I was afraid one night I was sleeping alone in the room and I didn't know and be known to me my father had come and hung his suit inside <laughs> and I kept seeing a ghost children of God oh my goodness without a head oh my f- I spoke tongues of fear <laughs> oh my goodness Ooh. Yeah, some people only speak tongues, you know. You are not a chicken that only flies when there's fear. You are an eagle, you fly at will. That's right, yeah, that's how chickens fly. But an eagle just takes off. That's some people, they are waiting for this to hit them, then they can, you know. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 14, what then shall I do? I will pray in the spirit. And I will pray. It doesn't say the spirit will. It says I will. Because he gave it to you as a gift. So you can just stand and say, Hey! Hey! 
and the enemy begins to tremble where he's standing because he knows that Kaima. That's how it works. That's how it works. I was afraid. And because I used to be asthmatic, sometimes the window would be opened a bit so that I could have enough air. And as the window was blowing, the ghost was moving its hands. <laughs> I remember that night. I had a dream. And in the dream, I was being asphyxiated into a coffin. Jesus, Jesus. Because fear is also dimensional. It goes from one degree of glory to the other. So now from the ghost to the grave. I thought it is from brother to nada or whatever that is, from rags to riches. <laughs> from rags to deeper rags. And I got so tired that I passed out. Then at 05, I noticed it was a suit. <laughs> Should I be angry at my father? <laughs> but now it takes a lot to move me. I have to be willing to be moved. I'm telling you. There's a way I've trained myself. There's something I discovered in the word of God. Hey. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, thank God for the word of God. I remember one time I'm in my room. At zero two, everybody's gone. Not even my father is there. It's a big house. It's like four bedrooms. And I'm, I'm typing something, 2011. And then I hear an earthquake. I'm just alone. <laughs> and then I looked and said, Uichindike. <laughs> I was telling the, the enemy. I said, Uich, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As in, I was, I was ready for that boy. Then I heard the Holy Spirit laugh. And he said, no, it's just an earth tremor. <laughs> yeah, something had changed. And I went to the devil and told him, Washuk. Tatua means to Adiminina. Say, that's my testimony. It's not about the water and how strong it is. Remember, the same water that was drowning other people was making Noah's boat to float. So the same issue that has come to disturb everyone can make you stand out. I told you a child of God is not normal. For him, it's like, he's like this. Because the Bible says in Joel 22, when there's a casting down, you shall say, oh, there's a lifting up. When everyone is saying, ah, the economy is bad, you will be saying, Zangena! Yeah. Somebody shout, Zangena! Yeah. The more darkness, 
The more darkness, the greater the opportunity to shine. When the sun shines, you can imagine the sun just hoping there's not going to be enough darkness today. Oh. Darkness is a non-issue for the sun. Because when the sun comes, the darkness flees. It doesn't dry. Ah, then the darkness starts going. Woo. You, you know what happens? Some people say this, and I'm concluding, I'm sorry. Some people say this. Some people say this. Let me tell you. Um, you, you. Have you observed that maybe when there's power and then it cuts, right? Then you take your phone. You suddenly see my flies going there, my things. And, and, and so this is what some people experience. When they were in the world, okay, none of those things were happening. But even though to my things fly in the darkness, it doesn't just fly on one thing particular, because it says freedom in the darkness. But when you turn on the light, the reason why they've come to you is because your light is small. So some people say, when I was in the world, I never experienced this. The moment I came to the faith, I started experiencing it. It's because your light is small. The Bible says, the entrance of thy word giveth light. So because there's a certain amount of the word of God you've consumed, there's a certain amount of light you are emitting. Are you listening to me? Because your knowledge has not yet increased. And it keeps increasing. This is why you stop missing church. No, because I'm not fearing it. You don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. If you felt rebuked, you are in the right church. Who told you? No, I'm sick today, so I won't go to the hospital. Ah, <laughs> you're not wise. <laughs> why would you say I'm not going to the hospital because I'm not feeling well? That's what people say. No, I'm not feeling all day, so I won't go to church. But then, whilst that calite is struggling with the flies, the mosquitoes, suddenly power comes back. And the main light goes on. Pew! Everything disappears. So the greater the light of the word of God in your spirit, the more... Ex- now you stop ruling over darkness. Darkness stops being an issue. I never sit down just thinking, oh, if I have a bad dream today, the way I'll pray so that I can chase the devil. Chase the devil ministries. <laughs> it reaches a place where if I, I woke up, had a bad dream, I ignored the thing, I went back to sleep. I'm not interested. It's not every guy that comes to you and they are sure they are interested to you that you say, no, I'm not interested. You talk to them. Some of them just block. Oh, let me hear all the ladies shout, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Some will just block. So when the light shines, in the darkness, it reaches a dimension called, and the darkness does not understand it. Because it can't try. That's the place you're coming to. It's a non-issue. Some things are non-issues. 
It's not just about providing light now, you're providing energy. There's solar energy. There's enough for photosynthesis. You are now becoming a life-giving spirit, not just a trying-to-survive spirit. No! The Bible says you are a life-giving spirit. Hey, let's stand up and begin to acknowledge that we are life-giving spirit. I'm a light-giving spirit. I'm a life-giving spirit. I emit life. I emit life. I emit life. I'm not just fighting darkness. I've subdued darkness. I'm not just trying to stay righteous. I'm moving from one dimension of glory to the other. From glory to glory. It can get better. And today, it is getting better. Shiba rebe de brendo. 